Hi there. Good morning. At least it's morning for me where I am. This is Jennifer Smith of True Love Scam Recovery with my new podcast, Narcissistic Abuse Unwound. So I've been thinking about something, domestic abuse, domestic violence. First of all, I do want to say this is not something I experienced at the hands of the sociopath who ensnared me. He gave me the indication that he could be incredibly violent. And at the time after I kicked him out, I absolutely knew that he could kill me if he wanted to. And I mentioned this a few times to one friend in particular. I would say, he could kill me, but I know he won't. And my friend finally said, do you know what you're saying? Do you hear what you're saying? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, he could kill me if he wanted to, but he won't. And I knew that. I knew that in my body and bones. And if you've had this experience, as I often say, you know what I'm talking about. He did uh, indicate that he could be violent. He hinted at using violence to bend me to his will more than once. And the first time had to do with him putting his hand out on my forearm just so gently, like a kitten reaching a paw out to touch your arm to get your attention. He didn't look like a kitten in his face, though, let me tell you. And I looked straight back at him, and to me it was preposterous that violence should occur. And in some way, I must have conveyed that or something, but he withdrew, and I imagine what it meant in his mind, whatever it was he saw in my face was that going down that route of violence would not benefit him. We have to keep in mind every single thing one of these creatures says or does is directly and solely motivated by something they want or need. And in order to get us to perform, I'll just call it that, I don't know why, spontaneously, to get us to perform what they want or need, we have to feel an emotion and then have a feeling and a thought that compels us into action. Whatever this action is, they want that to be something that benefits them. And they will go about attaining their benefit, their personal gain, in any way they think of that they feel could possibly bring that result. And this is why you see them switching back and forth within a span of 30 seconds. They can go from monster, mean, cruel maniac to, oh, but you're my soulmate, or we're so good together, right? They go back and forth between nice and mean. These are the only two tools they actually have at their fingertips. So going back to this term, domestic violence, domestic abuse, it's this word domestic I'm really caught up on because think about this if you're at home and your spouse domestic partner mate you know the person you're in a couple with and you live together if that person beats you up why is it called domestic battery or domestic abuse versus plain and simple assault if we were outside on the street and someone walked up and beat us up, it would be assault or even attempted manslaughter or whatever the legal, you know, uh, 
term they might give that action. But why then, okay, in the house and in a couple, in a quote, quote, relationship, is it called domestic abuse and domestic violence and generally disregarded? We all know that, that when it gets to court, when police are involved, in particular, women are not believed. I mean, we saw this with Gabby Petito. Do you recall the police standing around chatting with that maniac who was hours away from killing her, laughing, saying, oh, yeah, I have a woman at home, too, who's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Like, where does this come from is my question. Where does this come from? Because there is no policeman on the earth that would come to the aid of someone who is just beaten up on the street by a stranger and then chat with the stranger who beat the other person up and say, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I have a woman at home, too, who's crazy. But the same thing just happened. Do you, do you follow my mind here where I'm going with this or what I've been thinking about? Is like we are individuals, sovereign people, just because you are a couple or married or living together, that really does not take away the fact that we are each individuals of intrinsic equal value and sovereign unto ourselves. A man never owns my body or soul. And to be clear, neither does a woman own a man's body or soul. What I have noticed in general about our world is that the things that we think are typical, acceptable, normal kinds of thinking, even our laws, are based on something other than this particular moment in time that we live in. They come with a history. And I decided to look up the history of marriage and this dynamic between husband and wife. I mean, historically, that's all you're going to find is male, woman, husband, wife, right? So I came across something that was very interesting. It is the first laws that were written or declared about marriage. And one of them is from Romulus, who was the founder of Rome. This is the guy that came up with the first formal marriage laws, apparently that shaped our Western worlds and thinking they required of women in marriage. This is a quote. To conform themselves entirely to the temper of their husbands and the husbands to rule their wives as necessary and inseparable possessions. So we were owned, we were inseparable possessions to the man as women, as a wife, we were necessary, and we were meant to bend anything and everything about ourselves to whatever it is the husband wanted. So there you go. Then there's a Christian scholar from the late 15th century who wrote an entire treatise called The Rules of Marriage. And <laughs> this is what this guy had to say. He required husbands with errant wives. Okay, errant means what? Disobedient. You're doing something the husband doesn't like. Okay, so if we should happen to do any of that, the husband is required to 
scold her sharply, bully and terrify her, and if this doesn't work, take up a stick and beat her soundly. For it is better to punish the body and correct the soul than to damage the soul and spare the body. Pretty horrifying, right? Not only were we their property, necessary and inseparable possessions, but this man has the power and the directive to shape our soul, to correct our soul when it is out of line in their minds, in their opinion. And that if they don't beat us, sparing our body, we will have damaged souls. We will be permanently wrong, not good. Wow, incredible. I think this has carried over to now. If we look back to the early days in the United States when people were coming from, in particular, you know, England and other Western European countries to settle in Virginia and all these places there on that East Coast side of things, it is clear that women were owned by their husbands. We were property. We were owned first by our father and then by our husband. We were actually referred to as chattel or personal property. So real property indicates real estate and personal property is anything else that a man would own or anyone. We still use these terms today. But today we do not consider women personal property of men or chattel, at least not anywhere sane. So I just really think that this history is still with us. And I think it's time that we step outside of that. We need to take things a step further and say, when the person you're married to smacks you in the face or tries to strangle you or beats you with a hanger or an electric cord, this is not, quote, domestic abuse. This is not a private matter because you're married or living together. This is assault. This is an attack on another human being that ought to be considered the same as any other violent attack on another human being through the eyes of the law and society as well. I think we have to take this out of the realm of, quote, domestic, end quote. I think that's the problem that we're running into in courts. And I don't know. This is just what I'm thinking. And let me know what you think about this kind of thing. You can always email me, jennifer at truelovescam.com. In my newsletters, I send out a speak pipe link so you can send me a voicemail. I'd like to hear about what you would like to hear about. Eventually, once I get this podcasting thing down, I'll bring in a guest and we can have a dialogue and think together and talk about, you know, whatever the topic of the day might be. For now, thank you so, so much for being here and listening. And I really send you all good things. This is Jennifer Smith of True Love Scam Recovery, winding up narcissistic abuse unwound.